guys, what's up? It's Haley, and you're listening to Kindled. This is episode 130. Today, I'm chatting with Natalie Gaines from Instagram. She's my friend from Instagram, and you may know her as Stop and Consider. Natalie and I are talking about identity, and this is part of our Christianity in Culture series, where we are comparing and contrasting a biblical worldview with a secular worldview on the topic of identity. I want to remind you before I get into my conversation with Natalie about our new Patreon community, where if you join us in Patreon for $10 a month, you get an additional episode every single week from me. Most often, it's just me and the mic. Sometimes I will share clips from episodes that uh, that do not get aired on the main podcast, uh, just like I did last week with Samuel Say. There, his episode was awesome uh, in Inside Firestarters. Um, so episode number seven, our Firestarter Friday is coming out this Friday and I think it's going great. I mean, it's rolling right along. I really am enjoying recording these episodes for you guys. Um, I, I mean, it's so fun like to just have like the freedom to sit behind the mic and chat about whatever is going on in the world. Uh, God has been faithful so far in seven episodes to always provide me something, um, you know, the week before to talk about. And I, I trust that he'll continue to do that. So I would love to have you guys in there. If you are a regular Kindled listener and you find yourself just like binge listening through old episodes or looking for more, I think this would be an awesome fit for you. And it is $10 a month. I wanted it to be an easy yes, but a way that you can also support this ministry and help me continue to speak truth and grace boldly by sharing the gospel with women who listen to this show. All right, guys, here is my conversation with Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Thanks for being here. Hi, Haley. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so fun to chat with you. We were just kind of uh, sharing how we both have all girls and are drowning in all the glitter and pink. Yes. All the sparkles. Yes, on a tutu raft, keeping us afloat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What is your girls' like, what is their toy of choice right now? I'm sure it's different for all of them, but choice. They, some of them have this like really strong affinity for these like tiny stuffed mini mouses. Mm. My parents got them. um, And we don't, they don't really do like a lot of Disney stuff. So that's really like the interesting part, but they were like Mm -hmm. really fixed on that. And then um, my oldest is starting to get more, older so she's a little Mm -hmm. bit more like she we got her purse Mm -hmm. so she's very into her purse and her little things she puts in her purse and then the baby's just kind of like whatever 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 you hand me yeah the measuring cups will do anything yeah Yeah. a spoon right yeah (laughs) I love babies in that way it's like just they don't need toys they just need items something to hold you know they just need an item anything and if they can shake it yeah. And it makes noise that's even better. So I'm like, here's some beans in a can. Like, right. it's just like, oh, go to town. So. Uh, yes. I'm also like at the stage with my 10 month old who is not moving, crawling, walking or anything. She's just getting really bored with life. And so I'm trying to like push the envelope of what I'll allow her to play with. So there's these little ceramic like breakable cups from Ikea. And I just gave her one. And I was like, you just, you can have this, you know, like, it's like, if they know that it is breakable or off limits, they love it even more and they'll be happy longer. And so I'm like, fine. I'm at that point. If this breaks, it's, I mean, I hope you don't get cut, but I think it's fine. And just here you go. So it's, it's a, it's desperation, I think, but. Oh uh, yeah. No, they know. They know when it's like, I'm not really supposed to have this. Like this wasn't Fisher price designed. Right. Clearly this is not for me. I'll have it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But today we're going to talk about identity and, um, you know, as, as women and mothers with girls, you know, this is a topic that is definitely close to my heart. I'm sure it is to yours as well. Mm -hmm. Because I know like how easy it is, not just as people, but especially as women for us to, um, to kind of struggle with our identity and knowing who we are and and who makes us who we are. So can you explain for us just, you know, this is high level, but what is identity? Talk to me about identity. Um, So I was like, Hey, let me just look up the definition because I'm a big definition person and I kind of have an idea of what identity is. And I think probably most people would agree with it, but I just want to have like something 
static. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the definition um, that I got from a dictionary was that it's the condition of being a certain person or thing. Um, and it's like a set of characteristics by which a person or thing is definitively recognized or known. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like probably like what you kind of see and then like the behaviors associated with that in a way mm-hmm. um, that kind of like makes something what it is. Right. What then does the Bible say about identity? So the Bible tells us um, that we kind of all have an identity and it's, it's as different as the world might try to make it seem like you have an identity over here. You have like, this person might have like an identity based on like they live in this country, like they live over in Zimbabwe and then someone lives in China and like, what are their identities comprised of? Well, scripture tells us like at the end of the day, everybody's identity is the same and it's split between two parties. And it's like, your identity is either an Adam or it's in Christ. It's either that you are dead in Adam or alive in Christ. And um, it's kind of shown to us in, Acts 17, 26, where it just kind of tells us like from one man, God made every person um, and uh, gave them their allotted time on the earth and put them in their allotted place on the earth. So uh, I think it ends up being um, very basic in scripture, um, where as the world will kind of try to make it like this very like wide broad path where you have like all of these little fingers spreading off of it. But scripture is very like plain about it it's like you're either your identity is in adam or it's in christ Mm -hmm. yeah that's really really good and true i think it's something that um even as believers i I, it's really easy to uh to miss the mark there in understanding where our identity comes from because um i think that's just like our flesh wants Mm -hmm. to find meaning purpose in any number of things and i mean i'm sure the enemy just uses whatever is the most readily available to us and uses based on our personality or how we were brought up so some of us probably tend towards finding identity in our achievements or our success or maybe career or you know for others it could be your physical appearance and beauty and seeking to be you know sought after or uh, feel wanted or you know any number of things and i think that um you know that's why i was mentioning at the beginning as women like we all probably have a story with that like how we have sought to be understood and known because i think that's just such a basic uh god given mm-hmm. thing that we want to be fully known and fully loved and mm-hmm. so I I think that, you know, how we want to be known indicates where we're placing our identity, you know, and and how we want people to know us. So for the Christian, kind of speaking, uh, because most people listening would identify themselves as believers and as Christians. So what is the Christian's identity based on? Um, It's based on Christ. Um, Colossians 3, 4 kind of tells us when Christ, who is your life, appears. then you will be made like him, I think is how it goes. I probably just slaughtered that. So <laughs> fact checkers, fact check me on that one. But <laughs> um, it's, we don't got it's, fact checkers here. <laughs> no fact checkers. <laughs> but um, so it's like, it's our identity is based on Christ. And um, kind of like I said, being made alive in Christ, no longer being dead in Adam. And then like, what does that new life in Christ look like? What is it marked by? Like, what are the characteristics? So kind of like, what are the set of characteristics now that we are definitively recognized or known by? And as Mm -hmm. Christians, um, it's found all in God's word. And so we kind of just look to God's word for that. And we slowly work on making sure that that's what we're aligning ourselves up with. Mm Mm-hmm. You had it right, actually. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I think that's what you said. Fact check. There we go. No. <laughs> and then, like, verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, mm-hmm. sexual immorality, uh, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, I mean, we're called to put to death that which is earthly in us. So can you talk about that? Like, does the Christian 
how does that work for the believer? You know, we're made alive in Christ, so we're no longer an Adam, but what does that mean for that which is earthly in us? How, how do we understand that? What is the role of that still in our life? That which is earthly within us. Um, I think, so we, I think it's Paul Tripp who said we kind of live in the already, not yet. So we already are alive in Christ, but we are not yet completely dead to our old nature and Adam. Mm -hmm. And so continuously we kind of live in this like almost um, butting heads of our two natures where we have to continuously choose to live Mm-hmm. life like we are alive as opposed to choosing the old um, lifestyle of death we used to have and mm-hmm. um, that, I think that kind of works in that we are constantly looking to God's word and remembering that he calls us to be holy and to be set apart and to um, be marked um, by our love uh, for God and our love for others but also in our like it's just not this like I think sometimes can be like people can be like well I love people. So clearly I'm a Christian, but it's like, our love isn't like this gooey, like mushy, sappy kind of a thing. It's, it's like a, an actual action, um, that we, we perform to each other. And, and Christ says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And like, I think it's in the exercising of our obedience that, um, our love is actually shown, um, for God and for others. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And it's not, uh, our emotions do not drive um, or or cannot, should not drive us. You know, I I think we can allow them to, like you're saying, we can choose that. God is saying, put to death that which is earthly, the deeds of the flesh, put to, put that to death, continually die and take up your cross Mm -hmm. and follow me continually. Do not, you know, come alive to your um, you know, maybe gut reaction or default desire or the easiest accessible emotion to you and just say, yep, that's how mm-hmm. I feel. That's what I'm going to employ. That's what I'm going to live in. And that's what I'm going to live out of. And I'm going to justify that because my circumstances are difficult and it's hard and I deserve this or you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's super easy for any of us. I mean, especially as moms with young kids, like, yeah, that's, that's easy. I mean, I feel like I'm battling that every single day, you know, to, to not just live for self and be like, you know, this is my kingdom. What are you doing in it? You know, (laughs) get out of the way. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that is, uh, that is key. What is the world's identity based on? I mean, let's talk about that because that's that's hard. That's a big question. I know because people answer that differently. And that's a challenge that I've run up against in this, this series over and over is this idea of the sacred or Christian worldview versus secular. Well, secular encompasses like anything that is not, um, Uh at least for this context and anything that is not of God. Yeah. And so that people answer that question very differently, Mm -hmm. but can you give us some examples of how the world is finding their identity or where they're finding their identity. Okay. Um, so I will kind of go, I will go into like what scripture kind of tells you is like the default, um, identity Mm -hmm. or, or whatever of the world. Um, and so if someone's not finding their identity and seeking their purpose from God, um, Philippians 319 kind of tells you that like, their God is their belly. So like the world might set up like these little idols, like of whatever. Um, But at the end of the day, it's kind of like their God is their belly and it's whatever their flesh is leading them to kind of pick up. And this feels good to me right now. That's why I I actually know some people that religion hop and they Mm. go, they're like, Oh, I tried Christianity. Didn't work. I'm going to try like, um, Islam, or I'm going to try like this, or I'll try that. And it's like, your God is your belly and your appetite keeps changing. And you're going to just keep following that around. Um, and it's really just, well, the, the verse says their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Like their mind is wholly set on that, which is against God. And it has no idea to pay thought to God. And so then they're just constantly kind of like, um, you were saying constantly kind of finding what's the easiest path for them, what's going to allow them to do what they want to do. Um, and what's going to make them feel the best. So, 
you can kind of see it in um, any kind of religion really um, has like some kind of like a caveat, even as strict as it seems um, for like some kind of sin to like run rampant, even like um, I would say even Mormonism in a way kind of feeds people's like self-righteousness in a way, because it's like, that can kind of be like a, Oh, well, like my identities and being a Mormon. And so I'm going to like kind of keep building myself up on that. And it's still like a belly God. I was thinking of a, um, a quote, I think this was John Piper Mm -hmm. and he said, um, God made us who we are so we could make known who he is. Mm. Our identity is for the sake of making known his identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just so like foundational, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, if we don't have that, then why would we not seek to find our identity in whatever, like you said, the God of our belly, whatever sounded good in the moment, whatever felt good in the moment, without that grounding absolute truth, like there's just no, I mean, it makes sense why the world is reeling, looking mm-hmm. for something to worship. And it's in the most obvious one is the, their own desires, their own appetite, yeah. you know? What would you say to um, the idea that like, doesn't God want me to be- become my true self? Like, what is that? Who is your true self? Your true self is the new man that's constantly being renewed day by day as the old man's being put off. So Mm -hmm. like your true self is not the self, um, that is like going to lead you to, um, selfishness. Um, it's actually your true self is more selfless because it's seeking the glory of God, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like the, and exercising that by um, selflessly seeking the betterment of your neighbor around you, whether that is your husband, your children, or whoever, and bringing glory to God by doing that. Um, So yeah, your true self is not um, necessarily worried about being your true self. It's probably more so worried about bringing God glory. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think what's hard there is like that a lot of, uh, a lot of us, me included for many years, didn't really understand what really changed when Mm -hmm. I became saved? Like, it's not just that, you know, it's the same me that I've now put my hope in Christ and it's just still me. It's -hmm. like, no, you've actually been made new. You are a new creation and you have been transferred from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. Mm -hmm. And so like you're saying, your true self, now you are shedding your false self. You are shedding your in nature Mm -hmm. uh, by sanctification by the power of the holy spirit and you are becoming who the new identity that christ has already given you um because of his work on the cross that you have put faith in and so it's like we're not losing our true selves we're becoming our true selves like you said but only in him and so i think that that is probably you know, at the heart of, um, a lot of the like confusion or or misunderstanding on this topic Mm -hmm. that, um, it's not just like the same old you, and now you're going to try and kind of do a little bit better or try a little bit harder and try and please God, or maybe like not sin so much. It's like, if we approach it that way, I think we just end up in a world of disappointment and sadness because like, that's not living out of, our true identity that we've been given in Christ, which is new and, and in him. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've lived that way and, and truly thought, you know, that somehow I was supposed to just kind of be doing better. And let me tell you, it didn't work. Like I couldn't do better. I, cause I was, I was believing I, I wasn't, I mean, this is where doctrine is so important. Like I didn't understand yeah. that true difference that, no, like you are a new creation. It's mm-hmm. not just the old you trying to live a more moral life, you know, which no. I think people get. It's such a good point because it's like when you kind of make it like, oh, well, I'm just like putting like Jesus frosting on my self cake and not like, oh, like he's actually given me like a whole new um, identity. It's just like, yeah. instead of trying to just like slather Jesus on you end up burning yourself out because you're just constantly like running on this hamster wheel of like morality. Like I'm just going to keep like trying harder and harder. Yeah. Or you um, kind of open the door to be like, well, uh, this is actually kind of okay because 
uh, it makes me feel good instead of being like, okay, the fact that I'm called to put off my old self and die to myself means I might have some painful moments where I don't go for the thing that makes me feel okay. and makes me feel better in the moment because um, mortification actually is painful sometimes. And I think sometimes um, um, with the whole identity thing, people, I don't think people um, get told. I don't, I know I wasn't ever told like, Hey, it's actually hard sometimes. Um, But it's, it's, a good heart. It's like a um, perseverance and pushing through something um, mm-hmm. to get to what's on the other side. But it's not even like you're doing it on your own. It's like the Holy Spirit, like that wills and works in you for God's good pleasure. So it's like I think in it all, it's like you're not even actually doing it alone. And like it's it's kind of reassuring in a way. Hey guys, I have to interrupt this episode real quick to let you know who is bringing this episode to you today. And that is me. Not just me as the host, but my business, H. Williams Creative. This podcast is my passion, but did you know I'm also a web and graphic designer? I specialize in helping female entrepreneurs make their brand and website show up as awesome online as they are in person. Whether you need a new logo, graphic design pieces, some collateral, a business card, or an entirely new website, I can help. You can reach out directly by emailing me at Haley at hwilliamscreative.com, H-A-L-E-Y at hwilliamscreative.com, or you can check out my work at my website, hwilliamscreative.com. And if you mention Kindled Podcast, you'll get 10% off any branding package, website quote, or any other proposal that I provide you with. Can't wait to connect. Now back to this episode. Yeah. And I, that just reminded me of what I was reading this morning in Romans Mm. five. um, And it's the verse that I was thinking of starts in verse three, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Like you were just talking about suffering, mortification of sin. Like, I mean, putting off the old, the old man, putting off the, the deeds or the desires of the flesh, Um, so not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. Mm. And so, I mean, it literally is the equation that God has put in place is that suffering produces perseverance, produces character, produces hope. And that is how we are made more like Christ through suffering. And so we're promised that. And, and I, I think that there are so many, um, false teachers and false ideologies and beliefs and, you know, messages, just even cultural messages, secular ones that, that say that, you know, suffering, um, you don't deserve to suffer. Like, what have you done? You, you deserve, you know, you deserve self-love and, Mm -hmm. um, all of the things that this world has to offer, like, you know, treat yourself and, (laughs) Um, believe me, I'm like, most of the time I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I do. But, but like, that is like, you were just saying that suffering and that pain is actually how God does bring about the true self, bring about who he has, you know, made us, um, and how he has made us in Christ. And so it's painful and it, often is very ugly to walk through and doesn't look yeah. nice. And it's not something that you want to put on Instagram, but it's right. real, you know, and yeah. that's, that's how he does it. Uh, can you share with us some of like your own story with identity and what, I mean, where have you struggled with this? I know we all do, but like, what's your own particular story? Um, so, I mean, I know like a big thing with identity in the culture now is like people finding their identity and their ethnicity and their skin color and stuff. Um, so I kind of grew up in like, I was usually like the only black person, um, growing up a lot of the times. Um, and so it was just very interesting because then as I got older, um, and kind of like my horizons got to expand more, Uh, people were like, you don't act like the way you're supposed to act. And like, you know, people would say things like either way. And so then you kind of like, I remember feeling like I had to like, try to switch and become like more appealing. Hmm. Um, So people would tell me I'm not um, 
an Oreo. <laughs> like you're black on the outside and white on the inside. And I was like, that's just very okay. Um, and so that's I think hurtful. it's very rude. Like, and kids are kids, but uh, mm. people still kind of say stuff like that as adults. And it's just very like, um, but I would say, actually, it wasn't until like, I actually rooted my identity in Christ where I was like, I actually don't have to act a certain way just because of what I look like. Like I kind of, um, like I kind of really took to heart, um, what Elizabeth Elliot said. Um, it was like being a woman doesn't make me a different kind of Christian, but being a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. Like, and I kind of take that for like every kind of aspect, um, that like, you know, now with like all of these critical race theories and intersectionalities floating around, like every intersection of that, it's like, okay, being like a woman uh, or being black doesn't make me a different kind of like Christian, but being Christian makes me a different kind of black person. If the world is saying like, as a black person, you're supposed to act like this, my identity in Christ supersedes that. So it's kind of like, especially as a morality thing, I think that's what a big struggle was. It seems to be like the world tries to pull you to act a certain way um, Mm -hmm. and act in an immoral way um, based on like an identifying factor they say you should have and in a a way you should act. So I think like that was probably where my struggle was growing up where it was like, you're supposed to be like this, but Mm -hmm. you're not. And it's like, well, my identity is in Christ. So it really doesn't matter if you're trying to like say something against me because I'm not acting the way you want me to. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that was, that's been like the area God's kind of worked on with me and stuff and brought me through that. That's really cool. I think it's just so interesting hearing you talk about that, how, although for you, you know, it was based on ethnicity and skin color and kind of people's perception of what that should look like or demands of you on based on your ethnicity, based on your skin color, this is what it looks like to be black here. Here you go. Do this. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I mean, it's the same lie that anyone is believing. Who's mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is what it looks like to be a popular high schooler, you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank with whatever yep. that identity struggle has been for you as, um, as the person listening, what is it for you that someone told you, this is what it looked like to be loved, you know, and maybe it was a boyfriend or a, a, a guy and, you know, early on in your, um, in your adolescence that, that told you, you know, here's what it looks like to be accepted or to be mm-hmm. cool or to be in with me or to be yep. whatever, one of the popular crowd or, um, or even by parents, possibly like if you've had abusive relationships with parents, like mm-hmm. you need to be better or do, you know, do better in school, whatever it is. Like, the world is going to tell us some kind of requirement for what it looks like to be accepted, mm-hmm. be loved, be known. I, th- I just keep going back to that, the core of identity being fully known and fully loved. That's what we mm-hmm. want. That's what everybody wants. And God made us that way because he, he made us with that, you know, that uh, uh, desire to be known. And he is the only one who can fulfill that desire to fully know us and fully love us. No one else, not even our husbands, not even our friends can actually truly fully know us and fully love us. They will always fall short, you know, cause they're, they're not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think it's interesting how, uh, you know, and, and how that is, that is happening so much right now in, in this cultural moment. Um, everything is becoming about race and ethnicity and, and the, it's just one more way to divide people really. Uh, it's, it's, it's the oldest trick in the book, but at the same time, it's, it, it's got a new name and a new label and new it's yeah, I, that's wow. A whole nother podcast episode though, right? No, it, I mean, it's so true. It's, it's interesting. The world always tends to find a way to take like something good God created diversity mm-hmm. and use it as a way to divide people. And yep. like, and it's just, um, you know, I think the beauty in Christ is that we, right? Like it's like they, they use it to divide and they use it to make an idol mm-hmm. and they'll make an idol out of it. Like they'll say, well, you know, because you're not, you, you don't look this way. You're like over here and we look this way. And so now we're up here. And I think the beauty in Christ is like, Hey, we all look different and that's amazing. Let's praise God for that. Like mm-hmm. and his great wisdom and his creativity. Like mm-hmm. I don't even think 
I don't even know how his like God's mind actually works. Like, cause I don't even yeah. think I would be like, let's create people and like, let's also right. <laughs> make it. So like after a certain amount of time, we'll have different skin tone. Like that's just amazing. And I think yeah. it's just, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being made alive in Christ is that you're actually made alive to mm-hmm. God's um, creative power and wisdom and, and the beauty and all of that, instead of just kind of sitting and being like, Oh, this is different. Like you're different. You're shit. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like, Hey, let's just realize <laughs> we yeah. were all dead in Adam. And the fact that <laughs> yeah. we're even breathing right now, like is right. a gift. Yeah. So anyways. Right. Right. And, and I mean, that just goes back to, uh, you know, now in Christ, there is neither mm-hmm. uh, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. Um, yeah. And and that is something, I mean, again, like you just said, we get caught up in looking at what we perceive as a negative difference, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know where we got that idea. I mean, I knew, I do know the enemy, right. but like, why do we perceive difference, whether that be in color of skin or even in uh, a station in life or, you know, well, oh, career or status, marital status, status of having children or not. Why do we perceive difference as a negative? I mean, again, because we're all probably looking for identity in little, little pockets of our, um, you know, our soul that we shouldn't be like, we're, we're placing, we're placing stock in things that we shouldn't be. And then we're trying to find identity through those things. And finding our, and like placing pride in it. And instead yeah. of being humbled, like you had nothing to do with where you were born, like Acts seventeen twenty six. Like you have nothing to do with where you're born, when you're born, what you have after you're born, mm-hmm. like what you look like. None of that is in your control. Like, so the fact that it's like, oh, well, you know, now I think it's, it seems like we have this like cultural Marxism where it's like now white people are the oppressor and the black people are like oppressed and like that kind of, gives like black people like this leg up but it's like nobody had anything to do (laughs) with what they look like so why are we even doing this why are we acting like Mm -hmm. and and it's just it's taking pride in the creator yeah Um, I mean pride in the creation with no acknowledgement of the creator and Mm -hmm. then you kind of see what happens you disregard the creator Mm -hmm. and then you have a debasement of the mind um which Romans 1 tells you happens Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like what you're seeing in the culture now It's just a large scale debasement of the mind because everybody's idolizing their identity in something else besides God. We're worshiping the creation. We're worshiping ourselves. We're worshiping our ethnic identity or, uh, or even our wokeness to our ethnic identity. If you're white and you're like, Oh, you know, I am just by default, I am a racist. I need to work my anti-racism, you know, playlist and just work down the, (laughs) We're done, you know, and like, you know, all the things I got to do to be an anti-racist now and prove that I'm not that. And it's like, again, worshiping, worshiping the creation because you, you are, you are elevating this to a level that it was never meant to play in your life. Like you said, it's not that being white makes you a different kind of Christian, but being a Christian makes you a different kind of white person or a different kind of yellow person or whatever purple. I don't know what color you are, but that is the whole, that is the whole idea. And I love that quote because it is, there is, everything is distorted, you know, in the world, like because of sin, all of the lies being whispered, there's a little half truth in there. And that, that idea that, you know, because you're white, you are different. That's the distortion. No, because you're a Christian, because you've been made new, you are different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there's just, there's so many places in the world. And now with like, with media as pervasive as it is in our lives, in our hands all the time, in our phones and our TVs, um, it is, it it is infiltrating, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. every, every aspect of our lives and we're seeing it that much more frequently. And so we're having to combat the lies that much more consistently. I don't know if we were made to do that. Like, I don't know if we were made for this level of technology and just conversion in like everything, but yeah. I mean, wherever we are, we've got to continue to do that because the lies are not going to stop coming. You know, I don't care who gets elected or not elected. I mean, it's not going to stop. Like, it's not right. like this is going to just somehow all re- get wrapped up with a nice little bow in two months, you know? <laughs> right. Satan's like, I'm going hard in yeah. the paint. <laughs> so yes. like Christ comes back. Like that's, that's the idea. But I mean, I think it's, it's beautiful that like we now, we, 
he can't really like we have the light of Christ in the gospel and we can kind of like pierce through that, but it's still just like, you know, sometimes it is just like the lies are like nonstop. And it's like, if you're not diving into the truth and reminding yourself of truth, every time you're going to bite one of those hooks with that bait on it. Cause it's not that the world isn't like, it's not that the world in the flesh and the devil are perfect presenting something that isn't appealing like who doesn't want to feel good about like Mm -hmm. what they look like but it's like our feeling good about what we look like doesn't come just because it's like well you are special just because Mm -hmm. like if the world's like Natalie you're special just for the simple fact that you're black and it's like no I'm special for the simple fact that I'm made in God's image yes just like anybody else is special for the simple fact that they're made in God's image like they're an image bearer and like skin tone doesn't make you a higher level of image bearer. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. grant you like more like access to truth. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, we're all like, well, actually Natalie, it does. And that's why you're here answering <laughs> questions and I'm asking them because you have more access to truth. <laughs> <laughs> that ethnic Gnosticism. Here we go. <laughs> Tell me who I am, Natalie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to laugh or we'll cry, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, as you were talking, I heard yesterday, and I really, I'm going to have to think about where I heard this, um, the the trick of the enemy, I heard this quote, and it was so awesome, is that he presents the bait and hides the hook, mm. you know? And so, like yeah. you were just saying, the hook and bait analogy, but that's, that is what, you know, CRT, critical race theory has done is they presented the bait of, um, you know, uh, basically, yeah, a, a new identity as the oppressed, which, you know, gives, gives people who, who view themselves as having been oppressed some comfort and being known again, being known and loved and mm-hmm, accepted. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but the, the hook is that, there is actually no way to find unity now with your brother or sister of another skin color if you buy into that ideology. You oh, cannot yeah, have no. unity ever. It is division ad infinitum because there is no way to bridge the gap. Um, and it's just, it's a hopeless, it's a hopeless ideology. And I know we're not yeah. here to talk about CRT, but it does <laughs> get into identity. And yeah. a lot of people are talking about identity politics and like you were mentioning yeah. intersectionality. Um, and I have a whole episode on critical race theory for anyone who's listening and is like, what are you talking about? Um, with Neil Shenby that you can go back and listen to. But, um, but yeah, I think that that whole idea that like, if, if the bait is there and it's too good to be too, to be true, there's probably a hook somewhere hiding, you know? Yeah. And, and if it's going to lead you to feel prideful, like yeah. you should probably back away from it and right. go somewhere else. Stop right. swimming around there. Cause it's like, it's, it's just kind of like, I mean, even as I was kind of like getting stuff together for this, I'm like writing stuff down. And I'm like, well, this is really humbling. Like, and just like, oh, you are dead in Adam and you're alive in Christ. You were dead in Adam and now you're alive in Christ. Like that's your new identity. But the fact that you're alive in Christ had even had nothing to do with you. Like yeah. that was not any doing of your own. It was wholly the work of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so it's just kind of like, everything we kind of get to have and that we are is wholly the work of God. And I think um, the world plays this identity game where it just has like no acknowledgement for that. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, you're special because you're, you're this, but you're also, we don't believe in God. So you're, you're really just a bag. Like, it's kind of interesting because the world's also like, you're just a bag of stardust, a little flesh bag of stardust with soda fizz thoughts so like why are we even taking pride in like what we look like if yeah we all came from like some primordial ooze it's very interesting like the mm-hmm. world wants to put a lot of stock in this stuff but it's it's really just satan's game he's playing like <laughs> where yeah. it's like hey i'll stir up some kind of division and i'll also take away people's thought of anything that can reconcile that division um, yeah yeah it's like the the shot clock you know it, the shot clock has started and he's mm-hmm. getting desperate and it's 
And that's why it's looking crazier and crazier because yeah. his time is drawing near. Like, and, and that's true. That's been true ever since Jesus ascended and went yep. up to heaven. Like <laughs> his time has been drawing near. And so, um, and so things are looking a little more crazy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I had to remind myself the other day in uh, a conversation with um, Krista Bontrager that in some ways, you know, I think we also, we tend to think like, oh my gosh, it's never been so bad. It's so bad. The world is so terrible. But then we forget like, oh yeah, the Holocaust happened. Like yeah. it's been bad. Like oh, it's, yeah. uh, and there's, there's waves and there's, you know, been, been yeah. seasons throughout the history of the earth, obviously. Um, And, and Christianity has, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like halted, uh, a, a lot of the wickedness that was pervasive with, you know, child sacrifice and such mm-hmm. like in, in civilizations gone by, but then there's obviously still very subversive evil, mm-hmm. even within our quote unquote Western Christianized, you know, whatever, which we know America is not really a Christian nation, but right. the, the perception that like, yeah. Oh yeah, everybody like kind of like loves each other and everyone's like, right. love your neighbor. And now, now it's love your neighbor, wear a mask and love your neighbor and do this and do <laughs> that. And, um, and so there, there is like this idea that, uh, in a way we have, um, it's never been worse, but I, I don't think that's true. I, yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I think, like, I think it's bad. I'm just not, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, it hasn't gotten like, at least now, like it had, people are just very, maybe starky online and sometimes yeah. in person with all the stuff going on. Yeah. Um, it hasn't gotten to like, we're going to throw you out in the street. Like, yeah. and yeah, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Um, and at may. least in America. Right. Um, right. But it, yeah, like you said, it, it may, it may, it can. Yeah. So, I mean, just be yeah. ready. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, so what, what is at risk with this whole topic of identity? Like what is at risk if we get this wrong and what stands to be gained, but let's cover what, what's at risk first. Honestly, I think everything is at risk if you are not making sure your identity is in Christ. Um, And it's not that we have, it's not like, oh, okay, you know, one of the like identifying factors of a Christian is like their love and obedience to God. It's not that you're working for your salvation, but you have, so it's not a works-based salvation, but it is a works evidence salvation. And so if you're kind of thinking like your identity, like has nothing to do with obedience or like adhering to God's standard and pursuing holiness, you're probably not going to follow the scriptural command that tells you to like work out your salvation with fear and trembling and making sure that you're like actually lining up with God's word and like keeping watch over your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I kind of think like, um, it, and it's like, you're probably not going to be taking seriously the, the call to like watch over um, like your doctrine and watch over kind of things you're believing. Like Matthew, what is it? 24, I think it is. Um, but it, it's kind of just kind of talks about how like false prophets will arise, lead us people astray. Lawlessness will be increased. Your love will grow cold, or I shouldn't say your, but like people's love will grow cold, mm-hmm. but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Like, the fact that somebody can endure to the end is probably because they have their eyes and their identity fixed on Christ and it's keeping them, their faces set like Flint, like Christ was when he was on the road to Calvary, um, kind of like being willing to persevere. Um, like you were reading in, um, Romans five and push through the sufferings, push through, um, all of that stuff and kind of just constantly, uh, be walking in lockstep with God's word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So true no anyone that follows you on instagram and you guys should go follow her at stop and consider on instagram uh we'll probably see your you know how you kind of jokingly talk about the kitchen of oppression um (laughs) but i feel like that has a tie-in here with this whole identity thing like can you can you explain that and then like talk to us about why you you know why you say that Okay, so uh, the kitchen of oppression, I did this thing. Um, so my husband, when he goes to work, he kind of like, tell, like people talk about their families at work. Um, and he was like, yeah, like my wife stays home with, with our kids and stuff. And people are like, oh, wow, that's like, they think it's like really archaic. They think it's limiting. They're like, I can't like, that sounds so oppressive and stuff. And so I'm like a little bit snarky. 
A lot of bit snarky. So I was like, I made him cookies one day and like sent him to work. And I was like, oh, made with love in the kitchen of oppression. Like, and so I was just kind of like, okay. And then I think I had shared about it and people were like, that's so funny. And so then I was like, yeah, it is. I was like, but I'm kind of like making a point. Like, um, I don't feel like you think it's oppressed because it doesn't line up with what youth, like the world says a woman should be. Uh, with feminism kind of not even being like people don't even blink at it like it's celebrated I was like um, I I don't think it's oppressive to be a worker at home I don't think it's oppressive to love your husband and your children like it, it's it's just really not and it's really just fulfilling that what God which God set before me so mm-hmm. It was just kind of like me embracing the acts, so to speak, of like, oh, yeah, I'm oppressed. Like, sure, you can say I'm oppressed and that's fine. And I think that's honestly, I think that kind of ties in with the identity thing. Like, I think for us to be fixing our identity in Christ, we need to be willing to embrace the acts of whatever people throw at us. Like, they'll probably call us narrow minded. No, they will call us narrow minded. Mm -hmm. Probably a bigot. um, Mm -hmm. Probably a racist. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not going with the whole anti-racism narrative now, um, yeah, but blind think, follower sheep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I for sure sheep. Yeah, please call me a sheep. Um, <laughs> but like, um, just kind of very like, hey, I'm just going to really embrace this X, and um, I'm going to reappropriate the term, and that's it's yeah. like it's not going to bother me. So like, that's kind of the backstory, and I'm just kind of like, hey, like, don't shy away from kind of shining your light in a way of like doing these good works God sets before you proclaiming these good truths God has given you access to in his word like don't hide that light under a bushel like kind of let it let it be shown and and um embrace the acts when people are like uh like mm-hmm. but uh yeah yeah I just I I knew that there was a tie in there and um yeah <laughs> Well, it's just funny because, yeah, people, like you said, you <laughs> reappropriating the term. What is that? Kitchen appropriation? I mean, I don't know. I think you should probably be thrown under the bus for that one. Right. <laughs> we shouldn't be appropriating rooms of the house now right. to, other, to other definitions. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's the same old thing. It's like, oh, that must be, you know, a- again, if you're finding your work or, or I'm sorry, if you're finding your identity in what you do, mm-hmm. then perhaps yes, staying home would be hard for you because you wouldn't be working your way up that career ladder, you know, but if your identity is in the right thing in Christ, then you will find joy in whatever he's placed before you, like you said. Yeah. And so if any of us put our identity in the wrong thing, then whatever God's put before us, whether it be a career in corporate America or being a stay-at-home mom um, or being some hybrid of, you know, work-at-home mom Mm -hmm. or whatever have you, it will not be enough. (laughs) It will never, because we can never make ourselves, we can never accept ourselves enough, you know, or achieve some level of, um, of, of self-acceptance that makes us feel fully known and fully loved. It's just not, it's not possible. And that's why our identity has to be rooted in Christ. You mentioned this earlier too. You mentioned being in the word, you have four girls. So, I mean, if anyone has an excuse to not be in the word every day, it's you. Um, so how do you do that? How do you keep your identity rooted? I have to be in the word every day. Um, like it's, it's actually like, I have, I've noticed a drastic difference in the days when I have not gotten into the word and it has to be first thing in the morning. Like it's, it cannot be midday because the mornings just are kind of intense um you probably know with little kids it's just intense in the morning um and so it has to be before like I have almost before I've interacted with anybody like Mm -hmm. it's it's that serious so I I just I have to um it's kind of like truly taking in the fact that um his words are like the bread we eat and Mm -hmm. and he is like the water we need like so it's like I'm not gonna fast from like what I need spiritually like physically yeah you fast but like spiritually like there is no call to fast so I'm like okay I I definitely need to be in the word I definitely need to be spiritually nourished and and regenerated because um or rejuvenated because it's just not good so I um I just make I just purpose to um 
get up. I'm doing the to the word challenge with the Bible reading um, challenge. And so like, that's just been, that's helped um, to be just very consistent. Yes, I'm not always the first thing in the morning, but it has to be, I mean, I say it doesn't have to be, it, I really want the first half of the day, like, mm-hmm. and I, I agree, the days where it's not until the evening, it's just like, it's like you said, it feels as though, you know, how, if, if you were to fast physically from food mm-hmm. all day, you would come to the table so tired and starving and just like kind of beaten down by the day because you didn't have the calories you needed to really be. Yeah like making it through everything with strength and with vigor. And mm-hmm. so it's the same way. Like some days I just crawl into bed and I like want to read the word because I haven't gotten to it yet. And yeah. then I'm like, why didn't I start here? You know, I, I know that it would have changed my perspective on that mm-hmm. thing that happened first thing this morning or, or that email that came through or that you're, you know, whatever this bad news was. And, and I, I, we need to remember that, you know, we need to yeah. know as believers, like it is like, it is our food. It is our bread. It is our life. Our, we are spiritual beings. We're not just physical. Um, mm-hmm. And the same way we prioritize feeding ourselves breakfast and lunch and dinner, we need to right. feed ourselves the word and, uh, and, and just trust that God is actually faithful with that. And that his spirit um, is alive and active and that his word is alive and active and that it, mm-hmm. it always meets the needs that we have. Um, and he always meets the needs. Um, but I think sometimes for me personally, when I start to fail to trust and believe that that is true is when mm-hmm. I fall out of reading, fall out of spending time praying. I just start mm-hmm. to think kind of everything's physical. I've got this, or my day feels okay. I'm not stressed. I'm good, you know, um, versus really just, and that's a matter of belief. Like that's, mm-hmm. a, that's not believing God. It's not really even relying more on myself. It's just that I don't believe God in that moment. I'm, I'm, I'm believing myself more than him. Yeah. And that's a dangerous spot to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on this, um, this, this conversation about identity, I think this will be really encouraging for a lot of people. Um, where can people connect with you online? Um, so I have Instagram, it's stop and consider. I have a Twitter account, it's stop, then the letter N, consider. Stop and consider was taken. Um, <laughs> so don't go to that one on Twitter. Don't go to that one. Not sure what they're posting. Um, but yeah, I, um, that's usually where I'm more active. People ask me if I have a blog. I have a blog it's covered in cobwebs. It has not been used in a while. So just don't even maybe one day, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter, usually where I'm, um, where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, come find me this week on Instagram, hayleywilliams.kindled and be sure and leave a review for the podcast. If you have not done that, I read every single one and love to hear from you guys. As a reminder, our Firestarter Friday episode will be coming out this Friday. If you don't want to miss that, then join us in Patreon for $10 a month and you will get a bonus episode every single week. It's patreon.com slash kindled podcast. All right, guys, have an awesome week and I'll see you on Friday or Monday. Okay, bye.